Hello and welcome to the Technical Footballer Podcast, dedicating to creating better players with advice from professionals all across the country. Today I'm joined by ex-pro Curtis Winter, a fullback from Coventry City, as we talk about defending 1v1s and the battles he had against some recognisable names in the game. winter um so i was at coventry city academy from the age of eight all the way up until 18 um yes the football was my life um trained really hard made lots of sacrifices as you as you should as a young player um so yeah eight slept and breathed football basically um so i broke into coventry's first team um when i was 17 years old played a couple of games for the first team um traveled traveled uh, with the squad, was on quite a few benches, the lifestyle, going away, hotels and all that kind of stuff, playing for thousands of fans, it was like typical every boy's dream. Um, so yeah, I I played until I was 18, I didn't get another contract. Um, Chris Coleman was my manager at the time, so I thanked him for giving me an opportunity, but not so much when he released me. <laughs> and, uh, um, so yeah, pretty, pretty cutthroat, but um, yeah, no hard feelings there. Um, so, I, yeah, had to move on. I played a year. I got an opportunity to play in Spain, um, uh, part of the Glen Hoddle Academy. So, Glenn bought a team. Glenn, Glenn Hoddle, obviously, famous England player. Um, he bought a football team out there and he gave um, a group of English lads an opportunity to be part of a team out in Spain. And I was fortunately um, fortunate enough to be part of that squad. So, um, yeah, managed to play a full season out there played 20 plus games, got the love for football back again. So that was up until about 20 years old. Um, I came back to the UK, tried to find my way a bit, got lost a little bit, to be honest with you. I'm not going to lie. Um, had a few setbacks in terms of, as you know, as you know, when you get to that age, you try, you're going on trials and it gets very political as well. Um, so yeah, I fell out of love with the game a little bit. And then I played, done the whole semi-pro uh, for a couple of years and then the typical got a few injuries um set me back and then yeah so i've had to find had to find um new things that i was good at to keep life moving on so no regrets but um yeah cool. quite, quite a little bit short quite short yeah definitely definitely um it's uh, a common theme injuries you know like you Fitness is so crucial in a game like football, so yeah, rightly so. But Chris, just to touch upon um, your time with Chris, Chris Coleman, that's amazing because from, from all we've seen, seen there, Wales, Euro, terrific man manager. Is that what you'd say he lives up to? He's quite a good man manager? He is, yeah. He's, um, he, I, firstly, I have to obviously thank him for giving me an opportunity at such a young age. So... Yeah, I got, I got, th- I got thrown in the deep end a bit. Or I was at a point at commentary at that time. The squad was pretty small, so I think that that was the reason for getting in the team. Now, I, 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 I deserved, I deserved it, I deserved it at those times. But um, yeah, the squad was pretty small. I remember the. Um, the morning, no, it was the day before. Um, our training ground was literally, it was completely frozen over. It was during the winter time, and uh, we had a few injuries. We had a few injuries in the team, and I, I'd been on the bench um, a few games before that, so I'd experienced being around it and stuff. 
And um, I remember the night before, the day before the game training, and I looked around the squad and we did some shape work and I was the right back as part of the starting 11. So I think my, my dad actually came to the training session because it was held at the stadium that day. And I remember just kind of looking, looking at him square in the face and thinking like, I was like, I'm, I'm going to start, I'm going to start tomorrow. I'm going to start tomorrow. So my adrenaline was like running, like racing. Um, but again, Chris Conn was a good man management. He sort of, he spoke to me quite early. He said there was a possibility I would play. Um, he told me to not have any nerves. He told me the things that he liked from me and what he wanted to see during the game. He said I had nothing to fear, even as a young boy. Um, he said, go out and express yourself. And um, yeah, he was... He, he was, um, yeah, he was good. He was good. Um, as I say, you see the passion he's sort of shown when he's mm. been to Wales. Been uh, got Wales quite far in the Euros and stuff like that. Yeah. Didn't quite work out. Didn't quite work out for him at Sunderland. But no, he's he's, he's a good mm. guy. Good guy. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, and that's what I've obviously from even like just as you touched on there, uh, just watching the Netflix series Sun and till I die. Just seems like a great, great bloke, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, Matt, I'll bring you on in a second. But now we'll talk about, obviously, the topic today, um, which is going to be defending 1v1s. Obviously, okay. attacking, defending 1v1s is a huge, huge, huge part of the game. It's something that we're focusing more and more in this, this country together. Yeah. Um, and it's one of the most exciting things to see on a football pitch as well, just, just, just get yeah. on, on their feet. And obviously, Curtis, you, yourself as a fullback, I think that's a terrific point to bring up. Um, so, yeah, so what would you say your, your strengths were on the pitch in terms of what you've done? Um, as a right, I'd like to say defending. <laughs> that would be the, I'd, I'd like to think so. So uh, I'd say, firstly, uh, from a, a, depend, a defender's perspective, you have to enjoy the art of defending and I feel as though today you see you can see at the top top level in the Premier League uh, a lot of the fullbacks are very et upon the attacking part of things which is a big part of the game but they've lost a bit of the essence of what's the main goal as a right back is to stop the ball getting crosses in uh, stop shots so you need to enjoy defending and I, I definitely say I enjoy defending um, I loved training. I loved practicing for it. I loved blocking shots, getting my getting my face in the way. It's got a bit of a flat nose now because of it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you gotta get you gotta get you gotta get stuck in there. But um, no, I would definitely say re- reading the game was probably one of my um, well, was one of my big strengths. So as I wasn't the biggest physically, um, I was always quite a slight build, quite skinny. So I had to be one step ahead in certain areas. So anticipating danger if I had a quick winger I was quick but I wasn't the fastest so it was anticipating whether a midfielder was going to try and take me inside and then try and get in behind me so it was anticipating all those movements first Um, yeah so moving on from that I'd probably say on the ball so my composure on the ball um, being able to spot passes start start the play from defence as well um, that was probably one of my one of my interests. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No. That's that's great. Um, yeah. I love that you touched upon the art defending there because yeah, it, it's strange now because sometimes now you'll see 
right wingers that I've just turned into fullbacks now because of just how attacking the game has got. Um, but Matt, Matt, you're a big fan of the art of defending, aren't you? You're a yeah, love it. Yeah, I, I love a good Did you get someone to tackle, Kais? You're saying you was quite small, but did you get your foot in? I, you know what? I wouldn't say I was the most gritty, gritty defender. Why is that your? Is that your field? Yeah, because I'm I'm so big and well, I say so big. I was only like six one, but I was big in school. Obviously, I never went like semi pro or anything like that. But just playing with yeah. mates and stuff, yeah. I was tall as a kid. So playing with them was just like yeah. push my. Give me that ball. Give me the ball. Put a foot in. So yeah, I think, yeah. Guys, yeah. if you were to compare yourself, right, to any modern fullback. Who would you who would you like to say your style is like? Okay, uh, it's a good question. Um, I've I've had these conversations because I um a few of my friends obviously still play, so mm. we have these chats a lot, and we always banter and say like, if I was still playing the prem now, I would be him. So yeah. I think <laughs> the, the closest is probably Alexander Arnold. Oh really? Okay, that's quite obviously. an aggressive one for someone who likes the art of defending. Yeah, so. I, for obvious reasons, I'm not at the same level as Alexander. He's playing one Champions League leagues, but yeah. I think if I was going off my style, so as I said, Alexander Arnold's quick, but he's not the most electrifying. Yeah, he has to be. You can see how he uses his brain quite a lot, and he tries to dictate the game as much as he can from a right. He's almost like a midfielder in the way he comes into the play. Um, he orchestrates from the back. You can see, like the way he passes the ball, he's very like detailed to his uh, his technical ability as well. So that was something that I I tried to pride myself on as much as I could. Um, so wow. we'll go with Trent. Well, it's not a better right back to compare yourself with though, is it? Yeah, I went for the best. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> what about you? Yeah. Yeah. Be cool. Be cool. Yeah. No, How's that, Kai? Sorry, I was going to say, Matt. What about you? Uh, probably. I don't know if he's still playing for Arsenal, actually. We're probably more like Mertesacker. Not very agile. <laughs> don't mind a head there and put a foot in. Is he still, I don't know if he's, isn't, he's gone, isn't he? Is he retired? Yeah, he's, he's uh, I think he's under 18's manager now. But I, I, get, I get you just, I get you just. Yeah, yeah, one of those. Yeah, 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 he was long gone now. Um, I don't know if you guys saw, like, his, uh, his match preparation or how he used to feel mentally about games like he came and retired like he says like the night before the game he'd get the sweats he'd get the shits as well like he would he, he was awful apparently like he used to get so anxious and this was uh, the captain of Arsenal football club obviously and which is obviously this trauma and stress like every single night even the morning before a game which is do you know why that? Do you know why that was? Because he, he knew he didn't have any pace. That's why he was. Yeah. Yeah, he was close against Premier League as that. Premier League Right. Um, so just back onto the topic of one v ones again. Um, were there any good coaches um, when you were coming up that gave you some really good points when it came to one v ones, but were there any ones that stood out where you were like, wow, I still use that today and it's terrific? Yeah, um, again, I feel like I could give credit to all the coaches through all the age groups because especially in the younger, sort of between under nines to under 14s, we'd have like, um, we'd have specific months. 
So we'd have like uh, a month working on really focusing on shooting, really focused on dribbling and so on. So we had like a month where we'd focus on defending. Mm-hmm. And um, as part of those little sessions that they put on, um, they would really focus on uh, how to get out to how to get out to the attackers, um, slowing yourself down, showing them a particular way depending on what foot foot they were. Mm-hmm. Um, we would work on block timing blocks and all, all that kind of thing. So I wouldn't say there was any one particular particular coach that stood out for me that really focused on it, but there were definitely particular tips that I've def- I've took with me into professional semi semi professional uh, even playing at the if I played at the park with my boys I would definitely. do certain things that I remembered from when I was a when I was a kid so yeah definitely definitely yeah yeah uh, um, it's something that I see a lot even with um, some of the age groups that I coach um, what I tend to do is I like my fullbacks just to get tight onto yeah. their player. Obviously, it depends how fast they are. You know, they want that ball in behind. Uh, yeah. uh, but I think, in my opinion, uh, yeah, this is just, just my opinion, that that's all about having the right cover. So what I used to find is when you're playing with like a back three, it's quite nice just to get tight onto that player. Uh, that's right, yeah. yeah. You've got that extra cover um, at the back. Um, did you find the way you defended changed a little bit when you when you're playing in the back three or back four, Curtis? Um, yeah, so I could I could go through sort of times and eras as well. So when I was um, part of the academy under 18s, um, I would say there wasn't that much onus on going to just my my uh, winger directly. I think, again, I don't know if it's cheating a little bit or just good communication, but a lot of the time you get your, you get your winger on your team to sort of come back and mm-hmm. assist you and you kind of keep your shape with the back four. I feel like the more I went into semi-professional now, um, the coaches were very adamant on, here's your man, go and mark him, do not let him get across in if he takes the ball and tries to run across the pitch with it, you go and stick with him and don't, do not give him a yard, do not give him a sniff. Um, mm. in, a, in a positional sense, I, I did play in a back three when I was in, when I was in Spain. I, I, even though I was right-footed, I played the left, left of the three at the back. And I found myself, you find yourself in different circumstances. So you're, rather than necessarily going out to the winger there, you're more focused on a second striker or your midfield runner sort of going into midfield and closing down. Um, a lot more to think about again and again it just I think the best the, the, the main art about defending and you see with a lot of Prem teams now which you can see the, the good ones from the bad ones is the art of communication so mm. the more you talk as I say the more you talk and you get your midfielders to do their job properly the less work you have to do and as a defender you see Virgil van Dijk some games it looks like he's strolling through games he's like a Rolls Royce that's because he's getting the guys in front of him to do their jobs and he gives him, definitely, he gives him that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And that's, and that's someone that's terrific at defending one v ones. And I think just because the pandemic has happened and obviously now you're allowed to have, you know, no fan over voice on everything. I never realized how loud Van Dyke is. 
he is, uh, yeah, yeah. He's, he's without doubt the loudest player on the pitch whenever he's playing. He's just constantly yeah. playing. And that's what you want. Yeah, yeah, and, and obviously he didn't have much of a Matt. Go on, Matt. He won against Villa, though, was he? <laughs> Shocker. Uh, Matt, you're a Villa fan by any chance? I'm not, no. Oh, you're not, no? No. Okay. But that game has put me off football. <laughs> well, I'm a, I'm a Man United fan, so let's not talk about that. We lost 6-1 a oh, couple hours God. before that. So. <laughs> just as bad. It was just as bad. It was awful. Jesus. Oh, so guys, man. you said you played the left of three at centre back. Yeah. How did yeah. you find that being at centre back? Did you always did you start at a centre back and then move to right back, or you know the old Jerry? Get, no one grows up to be one of big grand. <laughs> like, what was it for you? Was you always did you always want to be right back? Did you I, want to be Gary Neville? I'm not gonna lie. I, I grew up wanting to be Michael Owen. Realistically, okay, okay. We, I think we all. I think we all started. We all, yeah. Yeah. Scoring goals, just wanting to get on the ball and do bits. But I, I was tall when I was really young, and um, when I went on my initial trials for Coventry as a nine-year-old, they just looked at me and said, "You're a centre back straight away." Yeah. Okay. I was like, "I've never, I've never made a tackle in my life." So, <laughs> how did you work that one out? So, um, yeah, I went through the majority of my youth team as a centre back. I felt that's where I felt most comfortable. Um, Rio Ferdinand was my idol. Tried to add my socks over my knees like him, had the same boots, <laughs> done everything, tried to base my running style off him, like it was everything was real. Um, and then I got to, and then you start to see when you get to 15, 16, you see players have like these mad growth spurts mm. and they get into like six foot three, six foot four. And I'm like, that's what you need to be really to be a top mm. centre half. Um, you can't afford to be losing headers and getting overpowered so yeah it kind of it's something for me I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to adapt my game so that's how I became I became a right back interesting yeah yeah no no that um yeah that growth spurt for some players as well but also because of um the stature as well you know, it helps the anticipation, which you talked about so much before. Um, I think what it was Van Dijk, who, again, I mean, we're talking about him, only because of how good he is um, on big ones, is that he, he, he spoke about when, when he was at Ajax Academy, I think he was at. Yeah. Yes. Uh, in Holland, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely in Holland. Um, but he, but he spoke about how when he was in the under-14s, under-15s, he was like the smallest player there. And um, the coach was talking about right back, left back, just, just testing him out. Like, knew he was quite good at anticipating and reading things, but just didn't have the stature. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like from 16 to 18, he had a massive growth spurt. And yeah, yeah. Just getting in and all of a sudden he became a centre-half. Yeah, yeah. Hasn't looked back since. But yeah, just to touch upon what you're talking about, before Kurt, I think it's very guilty of something that the English do here. Like we'll, we'll look at players and we'll go right. You're playing here, and that's it. And you're like right. That's it. He's decided. Yeah. That's it. I'm playing. It's purely physical as well. Yeah, yeah. It's got nothing to do with your technical abilities. Just because of your stature, and yeah. then we just like that's automatically where you're going to be on the pitch. 
It's like the fat kid in goal at school, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You go to stature and you're not in their position, that's it. It's a What's very... Um, on that? Do you think it's something that... We, I feel like we're kind of getting away from it now. We're trying to focus more on technical ability. Yeah, but, we are. Yeah, it was... Um, definitely when I was coming through, it was a very, a very narrow-minded view. Um, and it was something that, again, having support from like my dad, who is a, he's a big football guy, like he was at West Brom's youth team. Um, it's similar situation to me where he was a centre back and he didn't grow to be six foot plus. Had to play, had to play other positions. So he kind of fed it into me. He was like, Kurt, never uh, stipulate yourself or put yourself in one bracket. It is like in training, try and get yourself into midfield get on the ball, um, try and get up front, try and score some mm. goals because you need to add all these strings to your bow because you never know what, what a man, how, a manager, how a manager views you, if you're going to grow when you get older and all that kind of stuff. So um, I feel like it was a very, yeah, very narrow-minded culture a few years back. We're trying to get out of that a lot more now, as you can see in the Premier League. If you can't play multiple positions, you're going to find it very difficult to get into teams. You can't be, you, you very rarely see a number nine now. There's only one place on a pitch for a number nine. So you need to be able to play on the wing as a number 10 um, in Definitely. the midfield or whatever to Definitely. get into a team. You know what I mean? No, 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 no. That's quite right. Obviously, um, as we always say, like it's a common cliche, the game has changed. And um, positions of where people are just constantly evolving. Um, just going back to your career, Curtis, um, we touched on it a little bit before, but who would you say like are some wingers that stood out in your time in football where, where you were like, wow, that was yeah. good. I've got Brins here. And how did you have to change your game in order to play against some of those players. Um, okay, so di direct wingers. So one, one that I di played directly against again through all the through all the age groups from nine till eighteen every season, and it was a, a name that was sort of touted around quite a lot. I knew a lot of the players from our team knew him, mm. and a lot of like the England scouts were were watching him. So it was a a one that I used to get up for. It was a uh, Andros Townsend. Um, plays for Crystal Palace now obviously seasoned professional been in the Premier League for a long long time now um, he was one that was very very direct so he would get the ball and it would you'd hear the coaches on the sideline right and we're like get at him get at him and just so that that person would be me obviously I'll be the right man <laughs> so it was like right then you have to be set prepared for that and it was a uh, it was a chat. I, like, I used to like those challenges. It was challenges that, that are kind of that I relished. It was a uh, you have to up your speed by a certain percent, up your awareness of what's around you by a, a specific percent, and yeah, you have to you have to get stuck in because again, the, the the scary thing about these good wingers is that you could have him in your pocket for you could you could tackle him eight times out of eight, and on the night time he could skip past you, get a crossing, and score. So you have to be, you have to Playing be on it every single time. Make it, you know what I mean. Make it count every time. Definitely. But um, Definitely I would not. say, like, so, 
directly was Andras. One that I there was a year above me that I saw um, tear the tear the older age group to shreds when I was at Coventry with Victor Moses. He was physically built. Do, do you know how he looks now? He was like that when he was like sixteen, seventeen. Oh wow! So he had that raw, that raw, raw strength. Where okay. I think I remember one of the games where. Um, he was, I think it was one, the, the game was 1-1 between Cobb and Crystal Palace under 18s. And we'd, we'd just finished our game from the under 16s. We're walking down the hill. So we, we used to get to watch like the last 10 minutes of the game. And literally it was a breakaway, last minute of the game. Victor Moses powers through the whole team. And he must have finished it past the goalkeeper. And he'd done like, do you know he does his somersaults? Yeah, it's some assault celebration, <laughs> and all, all of our age group must have just we just all looked at each other like, Who is this guy? Like, what is this guy? How is he managing that? I could just like, touch my toes and he's doing backflips. Oh, wow! So, um, oh. yeah, he was one that stood out as a and it obviously you see the career he's had as well now. Um, mm-hmm. it's no surprise really, is he was a good one, he was a good one, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's quite interesting because I knew like, um. Victor Moses always played for Nigeria. Um, but yeah, I didn't know that he grew up here and he went through the youth system here. Wow, that's, uh... Yeah, he was, he was at Palace, Palace, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right, okay. Um, and just to bring it back to um, Bandros Townsend and coming up against those wingers, I'm sure as a fullback, it is a nightmare. They just want to get the ball to their feet and they just want to run at you and yeah. let you make a decision. What was your sort of thinking to that? Were you trying to stop them from getting on the ball in the first place or did you really yeah. little 1v1, the balance on balance? Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I think in, initially it would be to, as a defender, you need to get out to your winger as quickly as possible. So it's about getting there as fast as you can. Uh, when you do that, you, you're able to limit the options of the winger. So you, you, make them, you make them hesitate, you, you try and push them back. So your job's done if the ball goes out to the winger and they've passed it back to their midfielder or their defender. You can say, right, you've done your work. Yeah. Um, if, they've get, if they've got the ball for whatever reason and they're turning and running at you, I knew Andros was pre- predominantly very left-footed back then. So I obviously had to try and position my body to get him so he was attacking sort of away from the goal and again back then I would have sort of matched I would have backed myself to match him for for pace you know what I'm trying to say for for strength all those kind of things when mm. you feel like you're in the prime of your game that you can you can match the the top players at that time so Definitely. yeah you want into you as a defender you want to be in control of the situation as much as you can so it's not about lunging in not making any hasty decisions it's just about being patient um, sticking sticking with him as much as you can and yeah matching his movements matching his movements but we, we trained for that we trained we do a lot of agility work so I was very very unfazed by someone even cutting inside me you always back yourself to be able to match those movements as well so love that yeah love that yeah. brilliant brilliant um, yeah so Last one, I just wanted to touch upon, obviously, out being out as a fullback and being out wide, you know, you, sometimes you can be quite isolated, quite singled out in a game. And, you know, as we know, it's literally 1v1. You against this other person. Um, 
which can get quite aggressive, it can get quite confrontational. Were there any times where someone was trying to get into your heads, maybe speaking and talking, where like, well, the 1v1's not turned into just football, it's turned into, you know, a bit a mental game, personal. And a, per- a personal battle, yeah. A personal yeah. Yeah, um, uh, do you know what I found that probably more so with the the southern the southern players more than the northern ones. I always used to think that. <laughs> no, no, no offense to any Cockneys out there, but uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I, I saw you from Surrey. Yes. <laughs> Shut, shots fired. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you go, look, mate, look, mate. This is you trying to get into my ear now. See, look. No, there was definite again, not, not there's not, never really been a, a direct in fact there that has been there's been a couple. There's been a couple where um some would try and be over friendly with you. There's a player called um Harry Forrester, he played for Watford. Yeah. Um, was, was at Villa. He plays for, he was at Watford, went to Villa, and he played for Rangers not, not so long ago. I think he plays in America now. But he was, he was so chatty on a pitch. He would just talk to you about, he'd ask you questions like what you were doing on the weekend, what you've been <laughs> doing after the game. And he would try and like lure you in to like take your concentration off the game. And before you know it, he was probably one of their best players. He was like, uh, I think he went to Villa for like a million pounds when he was like 16, 17 years old. Like, so he was one of the best players. So he, I was thinking during the game, like, is this geezer being genuine or is he trying to like throw me off? And he, yeah. he was trying to do it to get into your head. That was his way of getting into your head. Um, you did have certain players, as I said, the, the Southerners that were very self-assured, very confident. So they would be like, you'd hear little comments like saying, yeah, man, just give me the ball, man. I'll, I'll, I'll get past him more debt. Things like that. And depending on, what kind of, depending on what kind of character you are, you either, you bite back, you take, you take the bait and you bite back and you give a bit mm-hmm. back verbally. But I was very, I was very, I was quite quiet as a youth team player at that age. I, yeah, thought, I just kept my thoughts to myself and I just thought, you know what, I'll let my, I'll let my football do the talking. I let my football do the mm. talking and um, yeah. I, I was fortunate we, we had quite a good team. We had quite a good team at Coventry as well. So mm-hmm. more often than that, we'd come out we'd come out winners of the game and it was like, all right then, I've done my thing, we've done our yeah. job. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah.